Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back or welcome to Gardening Naturally. It is hot. (laughs) Not going to change for a while. Um, Got a text that kind of brings us to some options we can do. And this person texted that they have passion vines and that they're appearing to get really crispy and they seem to be dying in the heat. It's possible they are. But their question was, how about they dig up some of the vine and that's usually pretty easy to do with passion vines. Get some roots and stick it in a container where they can take better care of it, where it may be easier to provide it with more water. Well, that should work. It gives you the opportunity to kind of make sure that you're still going to have that plant, that you're still going to be able to keep that plant growing. Now, it may mean the one that's in the ground, the one that you got this cutting from, it may die. But you will have one in a container that you've been able to take much better care of, provide it with water. And the advantage of a container is you can move the plant so it only gets like morning sun and it gets afternoon shade. That takes a ton of stress off the plant. Passion flower is one where you see a shoot coming out of the ground. If you carefully dig down, you can get that shoot and some of the roots of the plant. Then you can plant it in a container and babysit it while you do what you can for the one that's already in the ground or you leave it be and just cross your fingers. Passion flower, when you do it that way, is also a great pass-along plant. My neighbor had this huge passion flower vine. Um, it was really dense, lots of blooms on it, looked great. And one day he walks over and he had just pulled out uh, a couple of vines and their roots, and we threw them into a container. He said, here. I I don't need any more of this. Why don't you try it? And I used to have passion flower growing. Loved it. Loved it. The little caterpillars, the butterflies, that unique blossom. Well, in this current weather situation, if you have one that's doing that poorly and you're that nervous, you're really afraid you may lose it. Get a cutting, dig up a shoot with some roots on it, put it in a container with some potting soil and keep it moist. Keep it in cooler weather as in morning sun, afternoon shade. And that way, if the in-ground plant doesn't make it, you got a backup, you got a spare, maybe multiple spares, maybe gifts for the neighbors. 
if everything survives, okay, fine. Uh, next door neighbor wanted some. Here you go. This can probably be done with more than just the passionflower vine. There are a lot of vines that will put up shoots like that. You can try it with them. There are plants like uh, Greg's mist flower, perfect example. You got a big patch of it. You can go and get a one of those shooter shovels and cut out maybe, oh, I don't know, a six inch section of them, dig down deep, lift out the roots, put it in a container and keep it moist. Move it to a place where it's getting that sun that it's supposed to. That's an easy way to move your passion, uh, your mist flower. I had it much closer to my home, and it got super aggressive, started growing everywhere. So we cut some of it out, and we moved it. When we were sure that what we had moved started growing well, we mowed the other part just Kept mowing it. Made a decent ground cover. That was the strange thing. Um, it did a good job of covering the ground with green leaf, but it wasn't blooming there. And the stuff I had transplanted, hey, it popped right up. It is also another one of those great gifts. Um, we had uh, Greg's mist flower, the blue mist flower, in a container. And in the container, uh, put it on our back porch, and it was always, always visited by butterflies. Let's go to the phone. This is Rick. Rick, what can I help you with? Yeah, I hope you hear me. Uh, I just have some questions about some artichokes. Yes? Okay, well, you know, I, I used to have a bunch of them, and... You know, we had so many I could barely eat them, and then they all died off. And, you know, I thought they were supposed to be perennials. So I tried planting some, and then I, I planted a couple this spring that I got from a nursery. And although they told me it's not really supposed to plant in the spring, it's supposed to plant in the fall. And so I'm just trying to figure out when's a good time to get some artichokes going. Um, the artichoke will go dormant in the summer, especially in this kind of summer. In the fall, you should see it start to put out shoots. And in the fall, it will become your big artichoke plant and you'll harvest in the spring. I can't guarantee that this summer, considering the drought and the heat, but normally it's not growing very well in a summer here in Texas. You might not even see it anywhere on the ground. It'll go so dormant. But as the weather cools and we get a little more rain, it'll start popping up again. So if you've had ones that you planted in the fall and it made it through the spring, they should, they should come up again in the fall. Yeah, no, actually I planted the one in the spring, but you know, I just kind of plant whatever I see it's a at the nursery, whenever it is. I can't remember when I planted the ones that were successful, but it sounds like 
they should be in, in the nursery sometime in the in September, maybe. Is that correct? Uh, yes. If the growers are getting demand for it, yes, uh, they will have artichoke starts in the um, fall and again in the spring. If you can get them in the fall, get them in the ground as soon as you can and you'll have a great crop in the spring and hopefully it'll survive through a summer to come back the next fall. Okay, yeah, I've had some last a few years, but they said perennials. If you get a couple of years out of them, is that about right, though? Yeah, you'll see they'll start putting shoots out of the base. They'll start creating pups like a, uh, uh, a cactus or agave will. Yeah. You can separate okay. those and plant those rather than having all grow in one spot. So if they're okay. doing that, separate them out, give them their own growing spaces, and you'll just keep getting more and more artichokes. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for, thanks for the call, Rick. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I just got texted a really interesting question. Bermuda is a very resilient grass. It's very drought tolerant. And the question becomes, how drought tolerant? Maybe you're in a area where you can't water your lawn and it hasn't gotten any water in a month. Will your Bermuda recover? There's some factors there that you have to take into account. What was the quality of the turf before the drought? Were you, you know, feeding your lawn? Were you uh, keeping it cut to the right height, trying to keep the weeds out? The longer the roots on a plant, the deeper they go, the easier it is for them to reach resources, whether that's water to help them grow or just enough moisture to keep them alive. Now, alive may mean only the roots are still growing. You don't have any green. Your Bermuda is as brown as it can be. Is it alive? Is it dormant? That's a, that's a tough question. Can your Bermuda survive a month without water in these conditions? Not all of it will. Some of it will. Is that, you know, three or four little sprigs? Or is it, you know, maybe 20 or 30 square feet out of a couple thousand? This is where we're really getting beaten on because of the drought combined with the heat and the wind. If you cannot... If you cannot water your turf 
there's, I'm sorry, there's not a lot you can do. If you prepared your turf properly, top dress with compost once or twice a year, um, provide it with proper and quality fertilizer, kept it mowed to the proper height, worked hard to get those weeds out, which if you did the other things, the weeds wouldn't be so winning in the situation. The use of products like soil activator or molasses or seaweed, all of those things build up that turf and improve the quality of the soil. The better the soil, the more water it could retain. But is there a number they could give you? Is there some, quote, proof? Well, I can go six weeks and it'll still come back. Can't answer that question. I'm sorry. And the temperatures we're getting are real records. So if it was only 100 every day, we might get a different result than it being 104, 5, 8, 10. Those numbers are significantly different. How are you going to find out first time it rains? I mean, real rain. With luck, the rain will be half an hour, half an inch of rain per hour for the first hour. And then if there's more rain, it comes slowly, slow, or excuse me, like maybe an inch an hour because otherwise it's just going to run off and we want that water to soak in as deep as we can get it. So the slow application, if we could control the rain and what we can probably expect is like those sudden downbursts where we're getting a couple of inches an hour. Too much of that's going to run off. The ground's not going to soak it up. It will help. Don't get me wrong. It will really make a big help. But the perfect scenario, of course, would be slow rain over a long period of time. That's what we can hope for. Will your turf recover? And I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about Bermuda. But this applies to all of our turf grasses. The quality of the soil they're in will make as big a determination as the type of grass. Bermuda is one of the more drought tolerant turfs. So is buffalo grass. So these weather conditions are probably gonna cause less damage. Notice I didn't say no damage, less damage to a Bermuda turf or a Buffalo turf than they will to a St. Augustine turf. This lack of water, this heat and St. Augustine grass, you'd be really lucky to have it do well at all after these conditions.
And it's disappointing, but it's something that, remember, when the heat is gone, when we can get back outside where water won't evaporate so fast, get to the the conditions you need, improve that soil, and it will hold the water better meaning you won't need to apply as much. And when we reach points like this, where we can't apply water, it's more likely to survive it. These are the conditions we're gonna be looking at from now on. So if we know they're coming, we can prepare for them and uh, maybe we prevent losing our entire turf in this kind of weather. Of course, the easy answer is always less turf. But I can't answer what will or will not recover from this weather. Too many factors right now involved. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Diane, I see you there if you hang on. I have to break at the bottom of the hour for the news. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's go to the phone. This is Diane. Diane, what can I help you with? Well, good morning. Um, this is another um, St. Augustine lawn question, and um, I think adding insult to injury i'm suspicious that i have chinch bugs um and i'm seeing it a lot in the neighborhood patches of yellow within green um still somewhat green saint augustine lawn and i haven't done the coffee can test yet but i plan to um if i my suspicions are correct um are there are there any organic treatments for chinch bugs yeah you got a heat problem you need to worry about You can use a um, summer weight horticultural oil. Okay. You can mix it up. You can use a hose end sprayer or a pump sprayer, but you want to wet the areas down really, really well. Uh, That way you're going to drown the chinch bugs. Uh, They'll suffocate. Now, you can also use diatomaceous earth. You can get a bag of it and you can dust the areas really well and that uh-huh. will also kill the chinch bugs. Normally I would say the oil because it'll still be working if we get rain. Well, I don't uh-huh. think there's any big threat of rain so you can use the DE and not have to keep reapplying it. Okay, all right. And just and just um, just dust the area real good. It does not, I assume that does not have to be watered in it does not. You want to keep it dry, actually. Gotcha. Uh, imagine, imagine flowering a cake pan. That's about the, the level that you want on the turf. Okay. And how long, will I, how long should I leave that on there before I, if, like, you know, my, if my watering day is approaching, should I, um, you know, should I reapply after I water? Um. You you lose between 50 and 60% effectiveness of it 
once it gets wet. Okay. So that's kind of up to you. If you do it right after you've watered, it'll be down for the longest period of time. Right. And if you have to water, then you can just reapply in the worst areas. Okay. Is is it something that diatomaceous earth, how, what is the best way to spread that? Ooh. Um, or, you know, scatter it with a, with a sister right. from my kitchen? <laughs> well, that's actually not got small enough holes in it. Okay. It's close. That, that would probably work because the diatomaceous earth is actually finer than 10x sugar. Okay. Or, or, you know, powdered sugar. But that would probably work if you wanted to. What I've done is take like a paper sandwich bag, mm-hmm. fill it with some diatomaceous earth, fold over the top a little bit. So you got an air gap and some of the DE in it. Uh-huh. Cut off a corner of the paper bag and then do like an accordion. What will happen gotcha. is you'll puff out the, D- the DE. Okay. Okay. I'll give that a try. I'm going to do the test first. I'm not going to do it without knowing that I've got that out there. Um, and chinch bugs, will they, I, I kind of understand how they work. Will they kill a lawn or will they basically just suck all the juice out of the grass and the roots are okay? The roots should be okay. In this kind of heat, uh, yeah. the plant's not going to enjoy it. No, <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Okay, well, I'll give it a try. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for the call, Diane. You bet. Have a good Uh, day. Thanks. Yeah, folks, chinch bugs are... uh, Chinch bugs are more prevalent around hot areas of your lawn. You'll find them next to the driveway, next to the sidewalk, the hell strip. Boy, they they love it in there. But with this kind of heat, they probably are enjoying every part of your lawn. You can find chinch bugs. She says the coffee can test. Take a coffee can. Open the top and the bottom. Press it into the soil an inch or so. Pour soapy water in the container. Oh, I don't know, half full. And let it drain out. When you come back out, look in the container and you will be able to see if there are chinch bugs running around. Now, you'll have to pick your search engine and look up chinch bugs. They come in several different colors. And you want to make sure you're actually looking at a chinch bug. But that's an easy way to determine if you have them in your lawn. And by using the horticultural oil, you suffocate them. But you have to be careful because when you're using it in this heat, when you're using it in this heat, um, The oil can burn your plants if it is too thick. Summer weight is a very thin oil. 
dormant oil, straight dormant oil that you might spray a tree with, that would be a little risky in this sun and heat. But the summer weight oils will not cause that kind of problem. And when you use it, you would spray it and you do not come back and rinse it off at night. I know we used to get a lot of that. I sprayed it with oil and then that night I rinsed it off. You should not have to do that. The oil will soak into the plant, but it won't cause you an issue that you have to remove it the next day. And there are a lot of commercial, um, a lot of commercial oils out there that you can use. Most of them can be used in a pump-up sprayer, or you can use them um, in a hose-end sprayer to be able to get a large area quickly. So, yeah, we may be seeing chinch bugs now. They are biting at the root leaf joint to try to get both food and moisture and they will make a big brown patch in your lawn pretty quickly. So if you run the test and you look and you go, wow, those look just like I saw on the web that they're chinch bugs, then the dormant oil is one way to get rid of them. It should work well. It's uh, relatively inexpensive and it's easy to apply. There'd be no harm if you wanted to and apply it two weeks in a row to really make sure that you get all of the little buggers. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, get texted a question here, and I understand what they're trying to do, but let's make it clear here. The question is, now is now a good time to put some bark on semi-dead Bermuda grass? If you're thinking that the bark is going to cover the soil and shade the grass so it's cooler or something like that, it is not a good time for that. You really want a finely ground mulch, that's what we're talking, to go on top of the turf. And it needs to be very thin. You don't make it very thick. I don't see what benefit you're going to get from it. Now, when the weather is cooler, when we're down below 85 degree days, that's a good time to top dress with compost, not with bark. The bark isn't going to easily break down. Compost will. 
and will improve the turf that your grass is growing in. But you can't use it in this heat. Right now, there really isn't anything, any physical thing like compost or mulch that you could put on the turf that's going to benefit it. Now, there are plenty of liquid applications that you can use that will, in fact, help the turf even in this weather. But <clears throat> top dressing with just about anything, no, not in this heat. Besides, it's going to be a lot of work for you to be out there and doing it yourself. And even if you hire someone, you're not you're not really gonna benefit the turf. Later in the year, you bet. Compost, thin layer, quarter to half an inch thick is all, will make huge differences in your turf. And you should do that a couple of times a year. Fall and spring, your turf will look fantastic. But no application of bark. Now that could have just been the word that came to mind, but no, we, we really wouldn't put bark on top of the turf. You'll shade out the turf and won't get it any sun for one when it will need it. Compost will break down and get to the soil that bark will not. Let's go to Let's go to the phone. This is uh, Beverly. Beverly, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Um, I have a couple mature burr oak trees. They're like 40 years old. They're at a rent property, and I hadn't been by there, although I tell them always to water. Evidently, they didn't because the leaves are all yellow and dropping now. Besides adding some water, what can I add? Should there be something like compost tea or fish emulsion? What can I do to give them strength? Even a well-established oak tree will need water uh, in this heat about every three weeks, a good slow soaking. So other right. than okay. providing it water, there's, Really not a lot you can do. Okay. It's dropping its leaves because we don't have water and it can't support them anymore. It should recover just fine. It'll, oh, it, it'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be okay. But it'll be great if you can do some, uh, at least some water around it now. So... Um, don't panic, okay. especially over a well-established tree. Uh, and if you're going to get it, um, some water in the next period of time. Okay. Yeah, no, we can, we can get the water because it's just those two trees, although they're, they're very big. Um, okay. So just water, I don't need to supplement them with a vitamin or a, any kind of emulsion. Not at this point, no, not okay. at this point, especially in, you know, if they've been lacking the water, that's going to be the solution. That's going to be what fixes them. Right, right. Oh, I definitely would give them water, just wasn't sure. 
Okay, well, I have lots of leaves over here, or I will pretty soon if anybody needs leaves. <laughs> <laughs> they they have well, big leaves and big acorns. <laughs> well, that's uh, you know, I guess you're picking out the good parts of what's going on right now. Uh, you I you guess, know you can yeah. mow you can mow those right where um, they're at, and it'll break okay. them down to smaller pieces. And that will help the tree out. Oh, good. That we can do. That we can do. Okay. okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, folks. Leaves are falling. Yes, it's the heat stress, things like that. Mow over them, turn them into mulch, and keep them under the tree. Let's go to the phone. This is Denise. Denise, what can I help you with? Hi, I'm on the east side of town, so I'm in the Blackland Clay. I've got some established burr oaks. They've been in the ground for about 12 years now. And with the heavy rains this spring, the ground is now cracked open and intramore in various spots all around these burr oaks. And um, I can slow water in those cracks, but should I be covering the the ground? Because it goes out, of course, to the edge of the, the tree line. Should I be covering that with mulch or with compost or with something to fill in the cracks? Should I be putting something in those cracks? No, you don't have to worry about that. We will get rain again, and the minute we do, the ground will swell back up. Until okay. then, that's just the way the clay soil works. And I guarantee you that that kind of soil and that kind of tree have been living together for millennia. So this is not going to be a big problem for them. You don't have to do anything about it. Though it could be nice that you are able to water deeper by watering in those cracks, but it's not that necessary. Don't sweat it. They'll be, they'll be fine. As soon as we can get some rain again, the cracks will go away. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Denise. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally at the end of the show. I will talk to you all again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m.